Hi everyone, this is your host Sanjeev Goyal. Every Wednesday we bring futurist thought leaders, people who are solving the problems of the future. Today I have invited a special guest. He is working on a very interesting and a complex problem. Irina, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. So for our audience, Irina is CMO of a company called Change Food. Let's ask her what is why change food? Of course. Hi, thanks for having me. So at Change Foods, we are working on new technology in order to bring animal-free products to market, animal-free dairy products to market. More specifically, our technology is called precision fermentation, and it enables us to create animal-equivalent ingredients and products through precision fermentation through microbial fermentation that does not require any animals in the process, but gives us the exact dairy foods that we know and love, such as cheese or ice cream or yogurt. So Irina, our team did some research and I'm going to present some understanding I have of the current situation. And correct me if I'm wrong. And for our listeners, it may be a wake-up call for all mm-hmm. of you. 70% of the land we farm, more than 70% of the water is used to produce animal feed. So the problem is not that we don't have enough farmland. The problem is the way we produce food for ourselves, which is animal-based. I'm not against or for you should eat meat or you should not eat meat. It's your choice. Imagine if we don't have to go through that process we free up 70% of our clean water supply or requirement, and we free up 70% of the land. Irina, is it a correct information? It's, it's about right. I think there's, there's various estimates, right? But the, the fact that over 60% of our total available land is, is uh, or not, non-frozen land is used for animal agriculture. And by animal agriculture, as you mentioned, it's, it's actual animals on, on the ground, but it's also all the land used to feed the said animals. Water is tremendous resource usage, but also, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. We are, have been highly focused on CO2, right. As, as a society, but animal agriculture specifically actually is the greatest emitter of methane and nitrous oxide, which are many times more powerful greenhouse gases. And there's a number of studies that show that these gases are actually accelerating the uh, effects of climate change by multiple folds. Yeah, to the extent, uh, you know, I'm studying and I've become a student of uh, how are we going to feed 10 billion people in future. And I start looking, in fact, I submitted a paper eight years ago in Stanford around can we use seaweeds or plants grown under in the sea to produce edible product for humans. And uh, I look back now and I say, no way we can do that because we have already disturbed the ecological system of ocean. Mm -hmm. We have done overfishing. It is a wake-up call. In fact, I even stopped taking fish oil capsules now because I believe this is not the way we can create a better future for 10 billion plus people. What is your take on ocean Again, when we think about fish and how, again, humans have evolved eating fish, right? It's, it's, a, it's a sustenance for lots and lots of people. Um, 
But the way we used to fish was, you know, a, a small fisherman operation, maybe just kind of line fishing, et cetera, and capturing way too many uh, bycatch products. There's no such thing as safe catch anymore, unless you were physically on a boat by yourself, you know, catching it with a fishing rod. Yeah. And what we're seeing is world's fisheries are getting depleted to where we now, even with all of that aggregate technology, even with all of those massively efficient methods are unable to supply the demand for fish. So it's, we've hit those planetary boundaries, both inland and in the water. And so to think of continuing to feed the global population, whether it's through fish or land animals is just untenable. And so the only way out, I think, is not just, oh, let's all go vegan and, and eat more plants, because yes, that is amazing. And I, you know, whole food plant-based diet is, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate for that. But I also understand that food is not this cerebral exercise, right, in logic. It's tradition, it's culture, it's emotion, it's all those things wrapped up. And to try to convince people to completely switch and eat entirely differently from what they used to do is nearly impossible. Before I ask another question from you, let's ask the most important question of our show. Do you have a confession for our audience? Of course I have a confession. I've been thinking about my confession. And we are going to talk a lot about food systems and how you know damaging they are and how much there's wrong with animal agriculture. And I talk about this all the time. And yet at a personal level, my confession is I'm not a vegan. Despite uh -oh. everything I know and despite everything we talk about, I find that the way our society is wired, the way our culture is wired is, at least for me, I have not been able to cross over into 100% uh, vegan lifestyle. I am very close to it. You know, I teeter on the edge. But there's certain times and situations and, you know, circumstances where I still consume animal products. So, Irina, another data we found that 90% of the world population eat meat at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Is it a correct statement? I don't know the world population, but I tell you in the U.S. it's probably closer to three times a day. Three times a day. Um, same so in Australia, most, most of Europe most as well. Most of the Western world. Correct. So even in uh, China, even in other countries, mostly people eat meat. They grew up eating meat. And yes. we all know the challenges of eating meat. Uh, forget about the health or anything. Uh, the biggest is industrial animal farming is really a huge issue. We have seen diseases. We have seen outbreak. We have seen so much. It's not even comprehensible that how can we sustain the conversation I was having with my friend Arturo two months ago, he was on the show and we talked about it. And he said, Sanjeev, instead of three times a day, if we eat three times a week, we can still take care of our cravings. You are right. And I think that's where we lost track. People talk about how, you know, we've evolved eating meat and that is true, right? Majority of uh, humanity has evolved consuming meat or dairy products or both. But we didn't ever used to eat that at the quantities and frequency that we do today. You're absolutely right. And our tour is right. We can make a massive change and impact if we just say, hey, you don't have to be vegan, but can you go plant-based or, you know, cultivated or other options? We can talk about that. 
you know, 80 to 90% of the time, you could still have your special holiday meal, you could still have your grandma's special recipe, but maybe you don't need it three times a day, right? And, and, and we're not depriving people of those very special experiences. And we are allowing for them to not feel guilty and, and not feel shameful about it. And yet we're creating a system that is, is more sustainable and, and kind, right? And I think that's where kind of how I would love to see the future go. So Irina, another uh, thing, especially for our audience, I wanted to share that I personally believe opportunities in the food space is similar to the opportunities in internet in early 90s. I believe we are just getting started. I believe there are tremendous opportunities, not only alternative protein in every single area that how can we provide better quality nutritions to 7.6 or 7.8 billion people and 10 billion people by 2050. There are phenomenal opportunities around logistics, even producing new kind of grains, producing new kind of product, packaging, you name it. There are phenomenal, phenomenal opportunities. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I think they were unlocked by our kind of progress in technology. We as humanity, right, have now achieved a level of technological development where we can essentially engineer life itself. It sounds scary, but it is true, right? You look at CRISPR-Cas technology, you look at all of the, you know, genetic uh, technologies that have come on the market we as humans have figured out how to manipulate elements down to individual molecules. And that is creating an entire opportunity set for us to say, if we love meat, can we now grow just the meat cells, right? In the, in the bioreactor. Yeah. If you want chicken, do you really care that I have to raise the whole animal and keep them in the cage and feed them this and, and they'll slaughter them and have to deal with feathers and beaks and everything else that comes with the chicken? Or do you just really want the chicken nugget? So, you know, we are almost to the end of our show. Once again, thank you very much, all of you, for listening to our show. Thank you, Irina, for uh, joining us. It's a phenomenal conversation. You're a wonderful guest. I'd love to bring you back. There are a lot of great energy and I have a lot of other questions from you. Uh, Radio Zandagi uh, for giving me this opportunity. IID Dali Excellence Foundation and Droysis for supporting our program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.